appreciate you being here today. We appreciate uh, those that uh, are watching today online. And uh, I know uh, I got a sister who lives up in Alaska, and uh, she's a year, uh, she's under me. She's a sister that's under me. And uh, I got a card from her yesterday. She likes to make cards. And, and I got a card from her uh, yesterday. And, uh, and she had listened last Sunday night. And uh, she'd listened in on the message last Sunday night. And uh, she sent me a card and she said, uh, uh, I enjoyed the message about Aquila and Priscilla. And I'm sending you a card to refresh you. And uh, so I, uh, that was nice. And I, I appreciate her uh, doing that. I have a sister in Florida that watches uh, frequently. And uh, we have uh, Sister Sandy Deering. Anybody remember her? Oh, yeah, I sure miss her shout around here, I tell you that. Uh, but she uh, she watches every week, her and Wendy. Remember Wendy? And uh, they watch every week, faithfully, three times a week. And uh, take notes and watch. And, and uh, they can't be here because of uh, Wendy's situation. Uh, they haven't yet allowed her to be able to come back to church. Uh, but they watch every week. And uh, so we appreciate them watching. And, uh, and then uh, Brother Johnny and Carlene, since they've been under the weather, they usually watch uh, every week. And uh, so we have several online people that watch every week. And every now and then we'll get a, uh, an email or text uh, or call from somebody that uh, says they got a blessing uh, out of watching uh, the service. So we thank God for the uh, privilege to be able to uh, live stream the services uh, in these days that we're living in, and uh, also our opportunity to be on the radio uh, goes into about eight different states, about, I think, two million potential listeners, and we're on there every Sunday afternoon at four o'clock, and uh, so we appreciate that those open doors that God's gave us uh, to get the Word of God out, and uh, that's a blessing uh, in these times we're living in. God set all that up before this hit, and uh, so we're thankful for that. All right, Second uh, Chronicles 29, verse 1. The Bible said, Hezekiah began to reign when he was five and twenty years old. And he reigned nine, uh, nine, and, he reigned nine and twenty years in Jerusalem, and his mother's name was Abijah, the daughter of Zechariah. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. I wish we had somebody in power that we could say that they did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that David his father had done, he in the first year of his reign, in the first month, he opened the doors of the house of the Lord and repaired them. And he brought in the priests and the Levites and gathered them together unto the east gate. And he said unto them, Hear me, ye Levites, sanctify now yourselves, and sanctify the house of the Lord God of your fathers, and carry forth the filthiness out of the holy place. For our fathers have transgressed and done that which was evil in the eyes of the Lord our God, and have forsaken him, and have turned away their faces from the habitation of the Lord, and turned their backs. Also they have shut up the doors of the porch, and put out the lamps, 
and have not burned incense nor offered burnt offerings in the holy place unto the God of Israel. Wherefore the raft of the Lord was upon Judah and Jerusalem, and he hath delivered them to trouble, to astonishment, to hissing, as you see with your eyes. Thank you. you may be seated. Our Father, as we come to you this morning, Lord, we come today, and uh, Lord, we're thankful that whenever we come to the throne of God, that we know that always there before the throne is the mercy seat, and there on the mercy seat is the blood through her that we find mercy, and that every time the Lord looks down to, upon us, the church, He looks through the mercy seat, He looks at us through the blood. And we're thankful that He doesn't see us, Lord, as we are. Uh, we're thankful, Lord, that He sees us in the blood of the Lamb. And fathers, we come this morning, we come today, and oh, if there's ever time the church needed the Lord, it's in these days that we're living in. Lord, we ask today that you might quicken us today, this local body, assembly of the church. And uh, Father, we ask today that they would be power in your word. David said, once have I heard this, yea, twice, power belongs to God. And the Hebrew writer said, the word of God is quick and powerful. And so Lord, we know that there's power in the blood, and there's power in the word. And we know that the Holy Ghost has power. And we know, Lord, that you are promised to give us power to be witnesses for you. So I pray this morning for the power of the Holy Ghost and take my limited few thoughts, Lord, and season it out of heaven and let it be something needs to be heard today. Save that one, Lord, that may be nearer hell than what they realize this morning. And Father, I pray for those that are saved that, Lord, you'd help us to be charged up this morning, plugged into Jesus for a while. And Lord, we'll thank you and praise you for it all in Christ's name. Amen and amen. I want to preach this morning of a phrase found there in uh, verse 7 where the Bible said, And they put out the lamps. And they put out the lamps. Hezekiah, as we read here this morning, he began his reign at 25 years old. His actions sparked a revival. In other words, when he come to power, it wasn't the best time ever was. Uh, but his actions sparked a revival. Troubled times, troubled days. I'm glad that even though we walk in the midst of trouble, that God is still able to send revival to our hearts. Amen? And so the conditions of his days sound a whole lot like the conditions of our day. You say, what do you mean? Well, the Bible said they had shut up the doors and put out the lamps. In other words, they had shut the doors on the temple and they had allowed the lamps to go out in the temple. Now, we find in the Bible, we find many times where the Bible said, and the lamp went out. And uh, we'll look at a few of them by way of introduction this morning. Uh, but we find over in 1 Samuel chapter 3 that the Bible said that in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 3 and verse 3, the Bible said, And ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord, where the ark was. 
The verse before that said it came to pass at that time when Eli was laid down in his place and his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see and ere the lamp of God it went out in the temple. And uh, we find there in that particular setting this morning we find that when the lamp went out in the temple when that lamp went out there in the house of God it had to do with the priest. And uh, if you'll study out Eli there, we won't do it this morning, but if you'd study out Eli there, you'd find out that he had some problems there that God dealt with. Uh, And the Bible said the lamp went out. And then a very familiar parable Jesus told in Matthew 25. He told a parable about uh, five virgins that were wise and five that were foolish. Now, we know that in the context of what it is and all like that, But the Bible said in verse 8, the Bible said, The foolish said unto the wise, Give us your all, for our lamps are gone out. Uh, We notice that in the first setting that the lamps went out had to do with the priest or the preachers, if you will. Uh, We notice here in this second place where the lamps went out, we notice this morning that it had to do with a lack of preparation. uh, A lack of preparation. Uh, in, in the way of thinking about that parable there, the Bible said they were all foolish, they all slumbered and slept, uh, but the Bible said that there was five of them that their lamps didn't go out. Uh, uh, they trimmed their wicks and everything, but as far as it looks like, their lamps didn't go out. But the others there, it looks like that they lacked preparation on the all part of it. Uh, So I take from that that their lamps went out from a lack of preparation. And then I find in Revelations 2, the church at Ephesus there, and I find the Bible said there that they had left their first love. And down in verse 5, the Bible said, the Lord Jesus said, He said, remember and repent uh, and do your first works or else I will come quickly unto thee and remove thy candlestick out of the place. Now in that last setting there, it's the Lord that removes the candlestick. In the first place, it was the fault of the priest. In the second place, it was a lack of the virgins to prepare. But in this last place, it has to do with a priority. The Bible said they had left their first love. They had put other things in front of God. And the lamp didn't go out, but the Lord said, if you don't remember and repent, I'm going to take the candlestick out. And when He takes the candlestick out, then obviously there's no light there in the temple. And uh, so we look at this this morning, just some thoughts this morning. Did you know the lamp uh, can go out in a country? Did you know the lamp of God can go out in a nation, in a country? Did you know the lamp of God can go out in a Christian? Uh, the lamp of God can go out in a Christian. Jesus said, you are the light of the world, He said. Uh, you and I are the light of the world, but if we uh, allow things to happen in our life that ought to happen, do things we ought to do, be things we ought to be, our lamp can go out. And then not only in the church, uh, uh, in the Christian, but in the last setting, did you know the lamp can be taken out of a church? Uh, Uh, The Lord said, I'll remove the candlestick. Uh, I'll remove the light out of that church. Uh, As one looks out across our nation uh, tonight, uh, 
uh, this morning and we think about the night. Uh, uh, we think about so many places of God uh, that the doors are closed. Uh, uh, not only are the doors closed, uh, uh, but the lights are out. Uh, uh, the lights are out. Uh, uh, well, uh, I want you to know that whenever the light goes out uh, in a country, uh, in, a, in a Christian, in a church, uh, whenever the light goes out, uh, it affects sight. Uh, the Bible said there by Eli, it said he could not see uh, uh, because it was dim. Uh, uh, did you know what's going on in the church world uh, this morning? Uh, uh, we got a lot of folks that can't see what's going on. Uh, uh, they don't see anything wrong with a lot of things that's going on. Uh, uh, they think everything's just fine. Uh, uh, they think we're in the dark and they're in the light. Uh, uh, but I want you to know this morning that whenever the light goes out, uh, uh, the only the only possible reaction is uh, uh, that it affects the sight. Uh, uh, you can't see some things that you normally would see uh, or you ought to see this morning. Uh, uh, did you know whenever the light goes out, uh, uh, whenever those lights are out, uh, it always leads to slumber. Uh, it always leads to sleeping. Uh, uh, the Bible said the lights went out uh, and it said uh, uh, they all uh, uh, slumbered and slept, the Bible said. Uh, uh, do you know the darker it gets in America, the more churches and the more Christians that are falling asleep uh, uh, because the darkness leads uh, uh, to slumber and to sleep. Amen. Uh, uh, did you know that when the lamp goes out in the church, uh, uh, when the lamp goes out in a Christian, when the lamp goes out uh, uh, in a preacher, whenever it does, it affects the Savior. Uh, uh, the Bible said the Lord looked down there and the Lord said, uh, you better remember and you better repent. Uh, or He said, I'm going to take your light away. Uh, uh, I'm going to take your light away. Well, uh, that's what's going on in this chapter here. Uh, uh, but Hezekiah, uh, he come to power. Hezekiah was brought forth for such a day as this. Uh, and Hezekiah, the Bible said he uh, began to reign, and he reigned 29 years. And the Bible said he did that right uh, uh, in the sight of the Lord. Uh, uh, did you know uh, uh, that if if the light is out, uh, uh, did you know uh, uh, that there's some things if you'll do right in the sight of the Lord, uh, uh, the lamp can be lit again. Amen. Uh, I, I believe that. I believe the Bible will bear that out. I believe this great chapter in the Word of God will bear that out. Uh, what a great chapter this 29th chapter of Second Chronicles is. Uh, uh, you ought to read it sometime. There is too much in there for this morning's preaching. Uh, uh, but I promise you there's enough preaching in that 29th chapter uh, uh, for a month of sermons. Uh, uh, my, the Bible said, and I like that, he did that right uh, in the sight of the Lord. Uh, it don't matter if you and I do what's right in the sight of the government. Uh, uh, it don't matter if we do that what's right in the sight of our fellow men. Uh, uh, but the all important thing this morning is uh, uh, that we do that which is right in the sight of God. Amen. Uh, and the Bible said in the first year of his reign, in the first month, uh, the Bible said he opened up the doors uh, of the house of God. Uh, uh, does anybody really think a 
revival is going to ever take place uh, uh, with the church doors closed? Uh, uh, does anybody really think there's much of a chance of a revival with virtual services? Uh, uh, does anybody think there's much of a chance of a revival uh, when an old sinner couldn't even find an open door on a Sunday night uh, uh, if he wanted to? Amen. Uh, uh, but the Bible said Hezekiah, the first thing he did, uh, he opened the doors of the house of the Lord uh, uh, and he repaired them. Amen. Uh, uh, you say, what did he do to them? I don't know. Maybe all them up. Maybe the hinges were rusty where nobody had been coming in uh, uh, and been sitting there a long time. Maybe put some oil on them. I, I don't know what he did. Uh, uh, but there's a lot in this chapter. But I want to bring out only three things this morning. Uh, that he did uh, uh, that I believe uh, uh, that when the lamps went out uh, he did three things uh, that I believe caused the lights uh, to begin to burn again. Amen. Uh, uh, boy, I'd like to see the lights begin to burn again uh, uh, in some churches. Amen. I, I doubt, i will be honest with you, I'm, I'm a skeptic. I don't see another uh, national revival anywhere in the Word of God. Uh, uh, but I do believe uh, uh, that local churches can have revival. Uh, I do believe uh, that those uh, uh, Christians can have a personal revival. Uh, and I think if there's ever a time that we need one, it's about now, don't you? Uh, uh, amen. Uh, uh, we look here this morning in the Word of God. Uh, and uh, I want you to see there in verse 5, and you can underline it in your Bible. It said there in verse 5, uh, He said, And earth carried forth the filthiness out of the holy place. Uh, uh, the first thing the Bible said he did uh, was Hezekiah ordered all of the filthiness uh, uh, to be taken out of the house of God. Uh, all of the filthiness has got to go, he said. Uh, uh, did you know that when we think today about all of these things uh, and uh, what's going on in our world today, uh, uh, here, evidently here, uh, uh, in the past years, in the past uh, reign, in the past kings, uh, uh, they had allowed some things to come into the house of God uh, uh, that never did ought to come into the house of God. Uh, uh, the Bible says here uh, uh, that they began to carry in some stuff that they thought was fine, uh, uh, but God thought it was filthy. Amen. Uh, uh, you see, these things that people have let in the church of the living God uh, and uh, people don't see nothing wrong with it. Why? The light's out. It's in the dark. Uh, uh, you do know that a lot of places in our kind of a day, uh, uh, they turn the lights out, turn the strobe lights on, uh, uh, have service in the dark, uh, and everything seems like it's just fine. Uh, but the problem is, they call it fine, but God calls it filth. Amen. Uh, uh, but you realize this here. Now you have to do this when you study the passages like this in the Old Testament. Uh, uh, you have to realize now uh, uh, that this building here uh, uh, is not the temple of God now. Uh, uh, we're the temple of God. Uh, uh, the Bible said in the book of 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 19, uh, he said know ye not uh, uh, that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost. Uh, uh, in other words, when we think about them 
carrying in stuff into the temple uh, uh, in their day, into the building, into the literal place where they met. Uh, uh, We think about that. But in our day, uh, uh, we have to think about uh, uh, we are the temple of the living God. uh, And uh, we can allow filthiness to be carried in uh, uh, into this temple of the living God. Amen. Uh, I believe there's a lot of that goes on in our kind of a day. Amen. Uh, I want you to know that the Bible mentions some things uh, uh, in the Bible. And when I study the Bible, I like to cross-reference stuff. And and if I can find a word here, I like to search it out over there. Uh, and uh, here a little, there a little, tied all together. Uh, and you'll probably come up with something. Amen. Uh, uh, but I want you to know that there's a few places in the Bible where the word filthy is used. Uh, uh, one of them is in the book of Zechariah. And it's chapter 3 and it has to do with Joshua uh, the high priest. Uh, And the Bible said there in chapter 3 and verse 1, And he showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord and Satan standing at his right hand to resist him. And the Lord said unto Satan, The Lord rebuked thee, O Satan, even the Lord that hath chosen Jerusalem rebuked thee. Is not this a brand plucked out of the fire? Now Joshua's clothed with, there it is, filthy garments, uh, and he stood before the angel. Uh, uh, when the Bible talks about filthy garments, uh, uh, in the first sense, in the first way of looking at that, uh, uh, we think about that person uh, uh, that's lost, but yet they think they're all right in their self-righteousness. Uh, and we think about what Isaiah said. Uh, Isaiah said, all uh, of our righteousness is like filthy rags Uh, uh, and when we stand before the Lord in our own goodness and our own righteousness and our own uh, salvation if you will uh, the Bible said in the sight of God that is filthy rags amen Uh, uh, that's filthy rags Uh, but when you stand before the Lord uh, and you realize how dirty you are how filthy you are how ragged you are but by that robe that Jesus put on you when you got saved uh, uh, amen uh, I want you to know listen uh, you remember when they went down and got Mephibosheth uh, and Mephibosheth was a crippled man remember that uh, I was reading that the other day and I saw something I had never seen before uh, uh, but I liked it uh, uh, it said there at the very last words of that ninth chapter there of 1 Samuel I think it is uh, and the Bible says that God brought him uh, uh, and he brought him to the king's table and he fed him continually uh, and uh, I preached on it I've heard other preachers preach on it uh, uh, that whenever Mephibosheth uh, uh, was sitting at the king's table uh, uh, you couldn't see his legs uh, and you couldn't know he was a cripple amen uh, uh, well that's good stuff amen uh, uh, but I want to say this the last verse the last thing in that chapter uh, it says he left him a crippled uh, uh, did you know that all of us are saved uh, uh, but God's left us a cripple uh, uh, you say what you mean everybody's got enough fleas to remind him he's still a dog amen uh, I, I want you to know this morning uh, uh, that the Bible said that uh, that there's those filthy garments uh, if you're here this morning and you're unsaved this morning uh, uh, no matter how you look outwardly uh, no matter what you put in the offering plate today no matter how good you sing uh, uh, God looks down and from God's standpoint you brought filthy garments uh, uh, into the house of God amen uh, uh, you need to get saved this morning uh, 
and, uh, and then let me make a physical thing out of it. Uh, uh, we live in a kind of a day uh, when people go any and every way down to the house of God. Amen. Uh, I'm not going to belabor this point very long. Uh, I'm just going to say this, uh, uh, that God said that you're to have modest apparel. Amen. Uh, uh, that goes for men and that goes for women. Uh, anything else you got other than modest apparel uh, uh, is filthy garments in the sight of God. Amen. Uh, I remember years ago we had uh, some ladies, I won't go through the whole story, it's too long. Uh, but anyway, they come to an altar in a tent meeting we was having. They come to an altar and, and uh, we prayed with them and afterwards we found out that uh, that uh, one of them needed some help. We gave them some money and gave them some food and helped them out. Uh, and it wasn't just, uh, uh, they started coming maybe a month after that. Uh, they come in one Wednesday night and one of the ladies, uh, she had on a, a shirt that had some language on it that oughtn't even be on uh, anything. Uh, but she come in and as they come in, they said, we want to sing tonight. Well, I knew we had a problem right off. I, I, said, I said, well, let's step here in the office a minute. And we stepped over in the office there. And I said, ladies, I'm glad you want to sing and all like that. I, but I said, we, uh, if you're going to sing here, I said, we want you to look right and dress right and uh, all like that. And I said, you, uh, you get dressed right and everything. And I said, we'll... Uh, we'll, we'll let you sing sometime. Well, everything seemed fine and all right, you know. Uh, uh, and, uh, and then I started feeling like I'm feeling now from some of y'all. And to be honest with you, I felt that way myself after I did it. I thought, did I do the right thing? Did I really do the right thing? You see, what y'all don't understand is the man that's up here, ever who it is, God holds him accountable for what comes in don't come in. Amen? And so anyway, about a week later, I go to the post office and I go up there to pick up some mail. And I'm sitting out in my truck and I went in, got the mail and I come back out and I'm sitting in my truck looking at my mail and lo and behold, those sisters pull up there in front of the church. And they get out of the car in a two-piece bikini. And they go into the post office. The Lord said, just in case Sonia's worried about it, she did the right thing. Well, they left here. And about a year later, I went to preach a revival. And I walked into a church where I was preaching a revival. And lo and behold, there sat this lady on the seat beside the pastor's wife where I was going to preach. And as soon as I walked in, she started in on me, buddy. She called me everything but a child of God. But thank God the preacher's wife, she was a good preacher's wife, and she said, hold it, wait a minute. She said, we do not talk about... Brother Rick like that. We love Brother Rick. We believe Brother Rick's God's preacher and we don't talk about him like that around here. Long story short, I was watching the news one night, breaking news, news flash, you'll remember this. Uh, 
that woman, the one, now her sister was a nice lady, but that other woman, uh, uh, she was the one that it came on breaking news flash, uh, and she uh, she had made out like she was expecting a baby uh, with her husband for months, and it come time for the baby to be due, uh, and she had got on Facebook and found a lady that was expecting a baby, uh, and uh, she took her and bought her baby clothes and courted that lady, so to speak, uh, and a long story short, she picked that lady up uh, and uh, she drove her out in a field somewhere other side of Bowling Green uh, and she literally cut that baby out of that lady. Uh, uh, that lady died uh, uh, and uh, and the police arrest her. Right now she's in a penitentiary doing life sentence. Uh, uh, you say, what are you saying? Uh, uh, sometimes the preacher does know what he's doing. Uh, uh, sometimes you do pick up on some things uh, uh, that not everybody that wants to sing is a child of God uh, and not everybody wants to do something's filled with the Spirit of God. Uh, uh, sometimes they're filled with the Spirit of the devil. Amen. Uh, and so it's important, it's important that we don't bring filthy things into the house of God. Amen. The Bible said in Colossians 3, 8, he talks about filthy communication out of your mouth. Amen. Uh, and so we can come into the house of God uh, and we can have filthy communication out of uh, our mouth. Amen. You say, Brother Rick, what is filthy communication? Well, we, we don't have time to go into all of that this morning. Uh, uh, but I'll tell you this. Uh, if you're saved, really saved, uh, uh, you really do have the Holy Ghost living inside side of you. Uh, uh, if you say some filthy communication the Holy Ghost uh, uh, will let you know. Amen. Uh, uh, you won't need the preacher to tell you. You won't need nobody else to tell you. Uh, the Holy Ghost of God will check you on it uh, and you'll feel bad about that little thing you just said. Amen. Uh, uh, but if we don't take care of it we bring it into the house of God. Uh, the Bible said that Hezekiah ordered uh, all the filthiness has got to go. Be interesting, God knows I don't want to know, but be interested on what goes on in the individual temples through the course of a week from Sunday to Sunday. We carry it into the house of God. Amen. The Bible said filthy garments, filthy communication. The Bible said in 1 Timothy 3 and 3, he talks about filthy lucre. Did you know every time just about the Bible mentions filthy lucre, it's in connection with the preacher? You said, thank God, amen. But the Bible talks about it in 1 Peter 5. He talks about it. Uh, 1 Timothy 3, he talks about filthy lucre. Amen. Uh, uh, in 2 Peter, he talks about filthy lucre uh, and them false prophets uh, uh, that all they care about is uh, making merchandise of the name of Jesus and the things of God. And the Bible said it's filthy lucre. Amen. Uh, I'd say ill-gotten money. I'd say money gotten anyway brought into the house of God is filthy lucre. Amen. Uh, and so the Bible says that Hezekiah ordered the filthiness out. He said, get, get all the filthiness out. I can see the light begin to burn a little bit. He says in verse 6, he said, and have turned away their faces from the habitation of the Lord and turned their backs. 
Seems like the people had quit going to the temple. The Bible said, of course they had the doors closed, and the Bible said, and they, they turned away their faces from the habitation of the Lord. That's where the Lord was at in that Old Testament. And he said they turned their backs on it. Not only did Hezekiah order that all the filthiness be taken out, but Hezekiah ordered that the forsaking of the temple stop. In other words, he said, we're going to open the doors and we want you to come back to the temple. We want you to come back to the place where God is. Now let me say this. You say, Brother Rick, why did they forsake the house of God? What's a good question? Nehemiah asked that question in Nehemiah 13.11. Nehemiah said, Why is the house of God forsaken? So I turn your Bible. Uh, Nehemiah, the old prophet Nehemiah, asked that question, Why is the house of God forsaken? It didn't just happen in our day. It's always been a problem. It's always been a roller coaster ride down at the house of God. The Bible says that these people had quit going to the temple. Now, I want to ask myself a question and answer it. Why? Why did they quit going down to the temple? Well, I thought about this. It could have been because of the preaching. Isaiah 58 and verse 1, the Bible said, Cry aloud, spare not, lift up thy voice like a trumpet, and show my people their transgressions, and the house of Jacob their sins. Uh, some people just don't like that kind of preaching. Some people, they always want feel good preaching. I like feel good preaching, but it ain't always feel good preaching in the Bible. And when it's feel bad preaching, if you'll repent and do right, you'll feel good about the preaching. Amen. He said, cry loud. Somebody said, he's too loud. A friend of mine is trying to get him to have him for revival. And they said, I don't like him. He screams and hollers. He's too loud. I don't think it's that he was screaming and hollering. He's too loud. I think it's what he was screaming and hollering was too loud. Amen? The Bible said, I'm not saying you got to scream and holler to preach. I do, but you may not. But the Bible did say, cry loud. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Trumpet's loud. The Bible did say when Peter stood up at Pentecost with a loud voice. Amen? And who in their right mind would believe that Jonah ever entered into the Nineveh and said, now y'all better repent. Amen? Amen. Hey, in this world we're living in, there's so many, there's so many things out there uh, that is competition for your attention that you got to scream loud and holler loud uh, uh, just to get over all the other stuffs going on in the world. Amen? Uh, uh, but the Bible said that they had quit going down to the temple. Maybe they didn't like the preaching. Maybe they didn't like that preacher pointing out their sin. You don't hear a lot of sin pointing out anymore. And them old timers had named names. They'd say, well, that's sorry John Doe been out drunk this week. How'd you like that? They'd say, that's sorry Bill Smith, he's run off with somebody's wife this week. 
No wonder they got under conviction. But you know the strange thing about it back then? They could take it. Amen. The preacher would walk down there and put his finger in somebody's face and dress them down that far from them. Amen. Well, if you did that now, I know a preacher did that now. You say, how's he making it? Like this. The guy met him out and blowed his leg off with a double barrel shotgun. Yeah. That's what goes on now. People don't like that kind of preaching. And so they go, there's plenty of places where you won't get that kind of preaching. Amen. Listen to this. This is David Gibbs. You know who David Gibbs is? We support him. David Gibbs is a, is a Crystal Legal, Christian Legal Association. He puts out a paper every week, and this one come yesterday, just in time. And it said, church attendance down during COVID. It said, boomers. That's us, ain't it? That ain't us. We're doomers. Okay, yeah. Okay, we're baby boomers. Yeah. Because we had a lot of babies. It said, baby boomers during COVID. 40% 40% stayed at the same church. Praise God. 26% stopped attending church. 11% switched churches and went to another church. Now, I do want to say this for my generation, we did do better than the rest. The boomers are doing better than the rest of them. But it said in Generation X. Now who's Generation X? That's Scott and Ann. Uh, Joy. Steve saying, not me, I'm with you, buddy. Joy. Okay, in Generation X, 31% stayed at the same church. 35% stopped attending. 17% 17% quit church altogether. Now the millennials. We got any of them? Caleb? Okay, I guess Emma would be a millennial. What are you? She's what? Z. Okay. Well, I don't have nothing on the Z's. The millennials... 30% stayed at the same church. 50% stopped going to church at all. 8% went to another church. Amen. That's interesting to me because he said that in that kind of day they closed up the doors, the lamps went out, and everybody quit going down to the house of God. Why? Maybe because of preaching. Maybe it had to do with pleasure. I was just reading a devotional this week and it caught my eye because it's in Columbus, Ohio where we used to go for camp meeting. And it said in 19, and I think 19 and 18, Billy Sunday held a, a, a crusade there in Columbus, Ohio and 2,800 and some people got saved. 
and there was over 2,000 babies that was kept across the street in the nursery while people went to the house of God. I, I thought, my, 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 my. But you know what they didn't have back then? They didn't have all the things we have. Uh, uh, there wasn't all the places to go. Uh, uh, there was no way to get church except being at church. Uh, uh, now you don't have to be at church to get church. Amen. Uh, and I'm glad, I'm glad that we got internet. Thank God. I talked about it at the beginning of the service this morning. I'm glad, I'm glad, I'm glad. Uh, uh, but I see folks, we might as well face up to this. Uh, uh, we are in the in times uh, we are in the, at least the beginning of sorrow we are headed for the end uh, and the devil has got his target not on the Jew right now on the church uh, and as soon as the church is taken out he'll have his target he'll have his target on the Jew Revelations 12 uh, uh, but right now the devil has a thing in mind uh, and he's doing pretty good at it uh, he's trying to shut down the church of the living God. You see, first you get them to get quit going down to the house of God. And then you get them to quit watching online church. And then you get the government to make it so tough that everybody will lock the doors on their church. And nobody will go down to the church. Amen. Amen. It is of utmost importance uh, uh, that we congregate like we're congregating right now. Uh, uh, The Bible said, and so much the more as you see that day approaching. Amen. Uh, The Bible said that in the last days they would be lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. I went out to Walmart yesterday. I procrastinated. And I was going to get my wife a Valentine's card. I couldn't even find a parking place. It was absolutely packed. And I promise you that if I just parked my car and I'd gone out and people started coming out, I'd say, are you going to go to church tomorrow? I'd tell you nine out of ten of them would say, man, ain't you heard? There's COVID going on. Amen. Well, I know you onliners can't see the crowd, but you'd be pretty safe here this morning. Amen. But pleasure. And uh, I didn't get my wife a card. But God always comes through. I was sitting there last night, a little light went on. I said, hey, that'll work, Lord. After she went to bed, I got up and went in there and I dug through all of my old Valentine cards she'd give me. And she'd bought me one that had about ten little coupons in there for this or that or everything else, you know, car wash, uh, uh, back rub, uh, uh, little coupons, about fifteen little coupons. Uh, so I just wrote her name on the front of it and I said, Honey, I was going to get you a nice card today. 
but COVID made it too risky. So I'm going to have to reuse this one. Uh, uh, we're going to run it through again. And so when it said back rub, I just rubbed that out and put feet rub, uh, uh, feet massage. Uh, I heard I had truck wash. I just rubbed that out and put 2009 Murano. Amen. Uh, and you know what she told me? She said, this is the best card you ever give me. She paid for it. <laughs> Amen. So, pleasure. People ain't going to church because there's too many other things to do. And then I hate to mention it, but I just about got to. Could it be? I know it wasn't back then, but could it be pandemic? People have forsaken the house of God because we are in a pandemic. Amen. Now, all of this is puzzling to me. Puzzling to me. I understand folks that are sick. I understand folks that are elderly and got health issues. I, I understand every bit of that. Unless you're going other places. Amen. And I understand not coming all the time, but I have a hard time understanding not coming any of the time. I think I just lost about 15 listeners out there. Don't turn that dial. Amen. So they got people to going back to church. Amen. I'm telling you, get the doors open, the lights on, and feet few wander back in. Amen. Ain't that right? Amen. Thank God. We've had some people, you know, that we've lost during this pandemic, but we picked up some new people. And if we had not had the doors open and the lights on, that'd probably never happen. Amen. Probably never happen. And so Hezekiah ordered the filthiness out. He ordered the forsaken to stop. And then look at verse 29, verse 7. He said, They have put out the lamps and have not underlined it burn incense. Look down in verse 11. My sons, be not negligent to stand before Him to serve Him that you should minister unto Him and burn incense. Uh, incense in the Bible is always a type of prayer. So virtually what he's saying is, he's saying they put out the lamps and they have not burned incense. Or in other words, they stopped praying. Quit praying. Brother, when you and I quit praying, the lamp light flickers low. Amen. I know that this ain't the most uh, exciting time to pray. I know that you may not have the feeling praying that you had back a year or so ago before all this hit. I know it's discouraging, disgusting, depressing. I know all of that. But the Bible said men ought always to pray. Even in a pandemic, men ought always to pray. 
And uh, you say, well, I do pray. I know we all pray for our family. We all pray a little prayer at night before we pillow our head to sleep. Uh, but I'm talking about really praying, set time of praying. I'm talking about getting along with God, praying for His church, uh, uh, praying for His preachers, praying for lost souls, uh, uh, praying for the power of God. We gotta, we got to get praying again. Prayer's a thermostat that when turned up melts the ice in the church. Elijah prayed. He lived in a pretty rough time himself. 1 Kings 18, 36-38, I'm not going to turn there, but the Bible said Elijah prayed and then the next verse and then the fire of the Lord fell. He got the lamp lit. People in that upper room prayed. 120 people met and they prayed for 10 days in one accord. That's a miracle in itself. And it said after they had prayed for 10 days, the Bible said that there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as fire. They got the lamp lit. Amen. I'm telling you, when a church begins to pray, when a Christian begins to pray, I'm telling you, when a preacher begins to pray, he can get the lamp lit again, thank God. Amen. Look here in verse 11. The Bible said, and that ye should minister unto him and burn incense. Look at the first four words of verse 12. Then the Levites arose. So what did they do? Start burning them incense. Amen. You say, what happened? I'm glad you asked. Look in verse 16. And the priests went into the inner part of the house of the Lord and cleansed it and brought out all the uncleanliness that they found in the temple of the Lord into the court of the house of the Lord. And the Levites took it to carry it out abroad into the brook Kidron. Do you know what the brook Kidron is? That's the city dump. In other words, a lot of stuff that was in the temple needed to be thrown in the city dump. The Bible said in verse 28, And all the congregation worshipped, and the singers sang, and the trumpeters sounded. And this continued until the burnt offering was finished. Look at verse 30. And they bowed their heads, and they worshipped. You see what happened? They got the lamps back on in the temple. They got the doors opened back up in the temple. They got the filth took out of the temple and God sent them a revival. Amen. I remember what Dr. Arnold said years before he died, about a year before he died, he started saying this. Every time he'd get up, he'd say this. He'd say, we've lived down to a time where you can't have revival just in... June and August. He said, we've lived down to a time where you've got to have revival every Sunday. Just to make it through the week. You and I need to come to church and we just need to have revival. 
Amen. You say there ain't nothing going on. Why don't you be something going on? Why don't you go down to the altar and pray? Why don't you get some of the filthiness out of your life this morning? Why don't you tell God, I'm going to get back in the house of God. I'm not going to forsake the house of God anymore. Amen. Why don't you start burning incense right this morning? The Bible, read Hebrews 13 if you don't think that spiritual sacrifices and incense. Amen. Revelations uh, 8, that incense is a type of prayer. Revelations 5, that incense is a type of prayer. Amen. Father, I thank you this morning.